Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi everyone, it's Mark here. Now, just before we start this week's episode, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Oladance. If you're looking for earbuds while riding, Oladance wearable stereo are the ones you need. The unique open ear design of Oladance allows you to listen to your favourite music when riding, yet still hear your surroundings to keep you safe. Now, what interested me is that unlike bone conduction headphones, their open-ear design and multi-support design means your ears will never get tired or fatigued, even after two hours or more of listening. They also don't interfere with your helmet and glasses when you're putting on all your gear. Plus, the dynamic driver the earbuds use is three times bigger than most headphones, which allows them to deliver superior sound. The 16 hours long-lasting battery can last for your whole day. Just visit oladance.com forward slash STW and use the code STW30 to save 20% on your purchase. That's oladance.com, O L A D A N C E.com forward slash STW and the code STW30. Get yours now. Hello and welcome to this week's Single Track Podcast. Now, this one is going to be a little bit different. Uh, but before we get on to why it's different, I'm Hannah. With me is Faj, Kevin, uh, and in the virtual studio is Mark and Benji. Yay! We managed that bit. Oh, so yeah. what's going to be a bit different about this is we're going to talk about the weekend's downhill racing, and we're going to then try and get it out quickly. So Mark is going to not have as much time to edit as he usually does <laughs> we are going to try and not say um or lots of swear words so that mark has less editing to do and um but basically it might be a little bit more rough than what you're used to if you tune into our podcast regularly so that's what we're going to do benji we're going to start with you because you're super excited 
about the racing. Did it live up to your fears and expectations? Yeah, it was good. It was hard not to. I don't know what it would have been like if it was a crap race, but uh, it wasn't, was it? So uh, the racers did their part. I thought the filming, whatever you call it, footage, was as good, if not better, than before. It's hard to tell. Um, uh, and, um, yeah, I think it just takes time. I think everyone thought it was probably going to be a lot worse. I don't think ESO did themselves any favours from anybody's front. Racers, public, teams... With the level of uh, um, comms, should we call it, between everyone. But thankfully it didn't go wrong. I think if it had not been good racing, I think there would have been hell to pay. Okay. So that's a, a, a wetting of the appetite for anybody that hasn't watched it yet. And because it wasn't all free to view, that's possible. I don't know when. Yeah, there's to... highlights and that's it. Yeah. There's like top three kind of runs on uh, YouTube's men's and women's. I think that's it so far. So there will be spoilers in this conversation. So let's kind of break it down. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the format of the racing and the amount of viewing that was available to go with it. What did you think of that, Benji? Um, There's a lot of it, wasn't it? I just finished doing our uh, non-spoiler word report that's just gone up on Monday morning-ish, saying... Uh, from like, it started, well, given a real world, it started while I was at Olive Swimming Class. So there you go, <laughs> halfway through that. And then uh, it got interrupted by having to unpack uh, Lidl. And uh, there we go. But I actually got to watch the final finals. Just all right, fine. Uh, I think that's probably how it's going to be, really. I was a bit worried, like, the semi-finals were like, Felt a little bit like the finals, and I wasn't really able to be able to pay them all my attention I wanted to because of things going on at home, which I'm sure it's the same for a lot of people. Um, but then it turned out that the finals were actually the finals, so it was mm. all right. Um, yeah, I felt like it was a lot of mm. racing to be going on, and so it's not like the Tour de France where you can have it on in the background. And then you hear a bit of like, oh, something's happening and you look up and you catch up with what's going on. Like, you have to watch it. It's distracting. It it sucks you in. And then yeah. how do you decide who's not worth watching? Like, how do you go, oh, well, you know, those juniors, they're not worth my time. They're, they're not putting it down. Well, everyone's putting in just as much effort. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't feel right to, to miss anyone in a way. But yeah. then it goes on for days and yes. days. So. Well, I think it's quite good because I think we're a bit concerned like uh, you won't get, well, let's say, who do we want to win their first one this year? Like some freak result. It'd be nice if like, uh, I don't know, Suarez or Dakota Norton in the men's put a run together and won. He's not going to do that twice. He's not going to win the semis. But if he chose, inverted commas, to do go for it in the final, even if he didn't get Anywhere in the semi, I think he would still be treated as the winner. So I think the freak winners will still happen. They'll still be treated as such, even if they don't have as many points as Loris Vergier, who came second and fourth, like he always does. So is it is it really the case? Because I was reading your report, this your story this morning, Ben, and I did watch it, and I, I kind of thought I understood the whole points thing. But are you saying it's actually possible that somebody who doesn't win the final can actually come out of the race with more points than the winner of the final. Yeah, it must be. 
Uh, I say it must be because the points have changed, so I might be thinking of old, old points. But what do you get? And what's the biggest points you get? It's almost like I should have looked beforehand. Yeah. Um, Does the winner get 250 points? Is that? Let's have a look. It's more about what points are now in the um, mm. semis. And I can't honestly remember. Hang on. Everyone likes waiting for web pages to load on radio, don't they? Is that the best <laughs> thing? Well, while you're researching that. <laughs> so the semi-final, if you win it, you get 100. Right. So if you came second in the final, you get 310 points. If you came, well, it'd be difficult. But if you what came like first, really low game? down because you punctured or something or just whatever, yeah. and you got like five points, and then you won the final, you'd have 255. And 255 is less than 310. Maths. What do you get for winning the final? 250. 250. So here's a scenario. You win, the, you win the semis, but you come second in the final. How many points do you get? Uh, you win the what? You win the semis. Yeah, 100. And then you come second in the final. 310. So altogether. Yeah, 310. 310 altogether. Okay. Yeah. So you win the final, you get 250. The difference between that is If you win the final 60. and came fifth, you yep. wouldn't get as many points. Right. Or we get the it. same, so maybe? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was Can a lot worse, they, which is why yeah, they changed, changed it, Because it? it was yeah. like, oh my God, you could just be a good semi-finalist and win the whole thing. Uh, ish. But this but picks like... up on something that Kevin was uh, saying to me earlier, that he thinks that it's it's biased in favour of people who have a lot of support. So Kevin, why don't you talk about that? Well, first of all, I want to talk about the important maths, which I think are that people get to watch so much more. There's just so much more coverage. Um, racers are going to do two runs in a single day, which means that they're going to be going faster, especially on their second run. They're going to be more familiar with the terrain and the terrain of the day. And so we're going to see times on the same courses as from previous years drop, I think. Um, and in terms of the coverage, the, the junior coverage is really amazing. We've not had that coverage before. And I got to see Erice Van Leeuwen race, yeah. and she was amazing. The second most natural woman athlete of the weekend, in my opinion, uh, has a great future in front of her. Was it her and... video that you found this morning, Ben? Yeah. Yes, I remember the name from someone. I thought, oh, she's New Zealand. And, oh, yeah, it's that 10-year-old ragging around on a crappy old pink... Captain if you don't know what we're talking thing. about, head to the Benji story on our website and he's embedded the video in there. But it's quite amazing. She was how old was she when that ten. video was? To, she was 10. And yeah. anyway, less about that. Just go and watch it. You'll be blown away. Back to Kevin. What were you saying, Kevin? Well, and so some of the other math that I think does change the game a bit is the fact that you do have two race runs effectively in the same day, which will cut against the one hit wonders because uh, the turnaround time involved in preparing for two race runs. If, if you have a flat or a mechanical in your first one, it's going to be very difficult for you to flip that around into a winning run, even if it's a qualifying, even if it's enough to qualify uh, as a privateer, especially. And I think that that's also the case, you know, for some of the more experienced folks, uh, they don't have that extra bit of time to recover from a bad run, perhaps a crash. I think we saw that with 
for instance, Valley Hole. She's the first two thirds, or maybe the first two fifths of her race run at incredible pace. Just absolutely amazing. And then backed off uh, tremendously. And part of that was that she had crashed um, in the previous run and was looking at that same rock garden again. But the other part was, I bet she was pretty beat up and tired. And so to flip that kind of a thing around in the same day is going to be very difficult. Even if it goes well, you've still got to be organized and have somebody, well, you're going to need somebody there with your flapjack and your bottle of water and just whatever else, like go for a wee, hold your bike while you go for a wee and stuff. And if you've got a team of people there doing that sort of hand-holding for you, that's going to be way easier than if you've got your mum and your dad at the bottom with a carrier bag. And we've heard before um, from from the sort of the people that don't have a team about how you don't get a pit spot in the same way and so you've got you've got a parking spot that's miles away from where the race actually ends and so you've got all this like extra logistics and transfer time and stuff and that's only going to be compounded by then having two runs in a day what was the timing difference between the end of the semis and the start of the finals wasn't very long was it because if you were watching it was so yeah. if you were, if you came if you were the last rider in the semis but came last, you'd be first up in the finals. Or yeah, you know, not last because you wouldn't be in the finals. But if you if you were the slowest finalist in the semis, you would be up first on the first run in the finals, and there would literally be what an hour then between your runs. Like Kevin says, if you've got mechanicals to fix in that time, mm. and you're a privateer, you're going to really struggle, aren't you? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Why is well, that? It's good, more interested, isn't it? Well, more you know, what? I was thinking about this. Yeah, we could argue that oh, this is too complicated. It's not fair, and this, that, and the other, and all the rest of it. But they pay loads more money. The whole thing wouldn't happen without the big people with the massive trucks. Mondraker the, the weren't giving millions. Thing, the points thing just seems like wow, we've gone all Formula One yeah. now. All these ways that points can make a difference. No, my, you know, my main point saying. being that uh, it's the whole thing, the whole World Cup. Well, we have World Champs for one-offs. That's the one-off thing. Mm. World Cups is consistently the best racer, and I don't think Valley Hall is the best racer because she's so sketchy, and that shouldn't be rewarded for that, really. So yeah, she's going to crash more. Well, she needs to get a better racer and stay on her bike. It's racing, not crashing. I I hear what you're saying. Not damaging your bike is racing. I hear what you're saying, but it sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? Not really, because it's like so you get people who are really watch? consistent. The people who are really consistent just get forgotten about, don't they? Like that's why they've been the rejig, really. Like, mm. um, don't know. It's like, it's like it is a lot like sport, isn't it? It's like the good ones are boring a lot of the time, yeah. aren't they? But it's... it doesn't, doesn't stop the other ones being there. It's like we still have Phil Atwill doing absolutely nothing, but you still these are one you. Hang on, I'm going to watch this one. If you're in the middle of doing something, I'll watch Phil Atwill. He will do absolutely nothing. But he's good to watch. He should win. Yeah. Because you're good to watch. We still love you, Phil, if you're listening. Don't, don't take that personally. <laughs> no, that's what he I think that's why he rides, isn't it? <laughs> so I think it, it depends on why you're watching and what you're watching. So when I'm watching, I sure, I enjoy a fast performance. Yeah. But I, I don't really enjoy watching Aaron Gwynn win because I can't see that he's really doing anything on a bike. He's just kind of hanging out there, floating along, 
Bike seems to be dancing along underneath him. It's all good. On the other hand, if I'm watching T-Bone, yeah. or I'm watching Valley, or I'm watching Finn, those people ride a bike like I want to ride a bike. And I am trying to code that in to my brain. And it's one of the reasons why I like to watch really good people ride is because that's coding good stuff in. Mm. Whereas, for instance, crash videos are teaching me bad habits. Uh, <laughs> but watching Valley ride a bike or T-Bone ride a bike or, yeah, those those folks really rach had a great weekend by the way i want to get to that eventually she she rode very well a little differently than than valley did but with a ton of control and composure mm. and that's that's another great way to ride a bike and very exciting to watch so that's what i'm doing it's um I i'm think with it's, you there yeah, I, yeah I think it's interesting that that people will win or lose as a result of how they ride a bike but um, I'm not going to be competing for world championships yeah. this year. <laughs> this Danny, year. Hart, Danny Hart always impresses me uh, visually when you watch him ride. He does ride really smooth and his lines are brilliant. And he also is, is I have uh, an affinity with him because he's quite small. And he looks yeah. like he's, he does look like he's riding his dad's bike. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I take Kevin's point there. You know, I think if you took the clock off and you watch some riders, you would actually put a whole bunch of riders down who you think are fastest who aren't and it's just because of the way that they ride they look smooth and they look fast even though sometimes they might not actually be as fast as the as the winners yeah that's mm. cool i think the smaller riders are having a day i mean you look at jackson goldstone or uh um Lori greenland both of those riders smaller riders really riding very well Finn's not a big guy. He's a little bigger, but he's not a big guy. Uh, so I think that in the in the men's class, at least, there are a lot of good examples of smaller riders who are uh, navigating the train, you know, effectively for their body and shape and style of riding. Shall we talk about Rachel? Is now the time we've talked about the format. But let's start with Rachel, yeah, and then we yeah. can we can talk about some other really good performances, yeah. I mean, what what's there to say? <laughs> Did anybody I, see that coming? I I could I I could go really like hyperbo hyperbolic about it. I think it might be one of the greatest, most important sporting performances ever. Like the Guardian when she... ran a story on it this morning. Oh, really? Yeah, and it well, was called the fastest mum. <laughs> yes, but that's only like that's part of it. But I mean, she. When she was last racing, she was kind of wrecked. She seemed burnt out and wrecked and broken. And, um, and last year, and, she'd won last year, didn't she? Was that it? Uh, last year, she, she like, did she not go and like do a race? But she, she didn't. Came sixth she, last year in something, I seem to recall, and I don't know. Yeah. But, but that before was... that, like before she was, she, well, before COVID, basically, hmm. uh, she was. Yeah, seemed like she was getting a bit burnt out and she was really had a bunch of nasty injuries and it looked like maybe the crashes were getting the better of her, of her head as well. Um, and so the depth of competitiveness in the women's field was only really coming through 
as she was having this sort of burnout phase. So when she was first apparently in her prime, there was a lot of naysayers. There was a lot of like, well, she's just so much better than everybody else because she's been riding with her brothers. She's had this advantage or whatever. Like there was kind of like, well, she's winning because there's nobody else. And that was really unfair. And um, and then as she was being injured and you know she ruptured her Achilles and all sorts of horrible mm. things, um, then some of these other riders were coming through and the, there was a much greater depth of field and much more competition in the women's field. And then it was COVID and, and then she had a baby um, and, and now she's come back to a really strong women's field and everybody was in that race pretty much and everybody got a good run. She didn't win because somebody crashed or somebody was injured. She won because she was the best there and she nailed it. Her margin, so, her margin was smaller than it has been historically yes. in that field, which I think yeah. says to, you know, speaks to what you're saying about the fact that the field is now strong. The field is strong, but yeah, she is yeah. still the strongest and she's come back after all that injury and effectively being older than a whole chunk of the 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 field and she's a mum and she's still breastfeeding like i mean so that's like the second part of why this is a uh like a hugely important thing for i think not so much for rachel but for women's sport is that there's this this whole kind of misunderstanding about what women's bodies are capable of um and the effect that breastfeeding has on your body and continues to have for ages and um, yeah, like she's just showed the world that women are still super strong, super capable. Um, we don't so need do to be put out to grass. Do we think the pressure's now on her that she's going to turn up at Lee again? Because this was not the plan, was it? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I want to get hyperbolic for one more second. Go for it, Kevin. Because I think there are a lot of good examples of women coming back into sport in aerobic activity. For instance, running a triathlon. However, what Rachel did was make Serena Williams the second greatest comeback post-pregnancy ever. And if you've made Serena Williams the second greatest, uh, you've done quite a feat. Um, and I would add that it was in a sport that is very demanding from a technical and body abuse standpoint yeah uh the running and triathlon and no offense to tennis players just do not have the injury potential the catastrophic injury potential and the constant battling mm. against catastrophic injury that mountain biking does and that has made her accomplishment totally above and beyond any other post-pregnancy comeback that I, that I can locate. I'm sure that before people started writing down women's uh, athletic accomplishments in the 1970s, uh, there were lots of women who accomplished amazing things. But in the uh, post-media era, this would seem to stand out as mm. the most amazing. Well, I think the pressure's on her now. Mm. This is unexpected. This was not part of the plan, so yeah. Will she be there at Lee again? Yeah, I hope that she. I hope it's not a one-hit wonder. It would be nice to see her have a really good season, and I've heard her say before 
that you can't just be strong enough to race. You need to be strong enough to crash. And she did have a crash in practice. Um, and I hope she is strong enough to crash because she hasn't really had like a full training schedule. You know, she's not where she used to be in terms of training, which is kind of interesting again in the understanding of women's bodies and athleticism, like what what measures are helpful and accurate and support good performance. Because like, you know, some of the male centric body fat measurements and all that kind of thing are not are clearly not relevant to, to women. What, um, what pressure is on Rach? Like she's in the Guardian. There's yeah, no pressure on her. She's she, not retiring, is you know who, she? So. You know who the pressure is on? All those other gals that need to be her, including Va- Valley, who mm-hmm. crashed. Mm-hmm. It's all the other gals that need to keep up. She could she could walk away today, and everybody would think she was the most amazing person ever. Well, maybe the pressure's not on her, but the pressure from other people saying, oh, you could win this whole season now. You've got to go ahead. You've got to be in all the... Go for the points, Rachel. Go for the, and that wasn't... Clearly, that wasn't the plan. Or, no. or as far as we know, maybe it is. I don't know. Well, I kind of did feel sorry. Genuine. I kind of did feel sorry for the other riders actually, in a, in a funny kind of way, because I thought when she came in, they must have thought, "Oh God, not again." Yeah. <laughs> but they were brilliant. The the actual camaraderie uh, at the finish line when she came over that line, I thought was really touching. Mm. I thought that was great. They all all the racers came out to congratulate her, and they looked genuinely, absolutely thrilled. And I thought that was a really good moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hope she has a I hope she has a good season. I would hate to see her like crash and burn or yeah mm. like end on a low after such an amazing achievement. Yeah. So Shall we move on to the men's? Because that was also in its way. If it wasn't for Let the fact that Let me just say that the pressure is on Camille Balanche and on Nina Hoffman because those two riders are so well supported and yet they haven't quite grabbed the brass ring. And for them, there is a lot of pressure. For Valley, there's an infinite future and she's already got, she's wearing the, the rainbow stripes, whatever. It's those other riders that need to, need to have that moment of success. And while they have all this support, everybody's looking at them. Well, and so before we leave the women, the rest of the women behind, I think uh, Tani's performance, ni- really nice to see Tani back on a bike, getting some clean runs in. Um, yeah, that's I'd like to see her back racing as well and looking happy at it. That would be nice. Um, and uh, Harriet Harden is just, can I just be totally fangirly over her? Like just every discipline just out there performing maybe not at the absolute pointy end of the dh but still uh up there at world world level um she's amazing and i'm very curious about her bike fit because it looked like she was on a tiny bike compared to her or something there was something about it was was strange but um, there were a few mullets going on i noticed across the across the whole racing thing We'll show it in. I think, moving on to the men's, I think yeah. that if it wasn't for Rachel, would still be coming out with all the hyperbolic statements about the winner of the men's because that in itself, that's a hell of a story. What do you reckon, Benji? Jordan Williams. Yeah. It was nice to, uh, I don't know, it was really good to see Lloyd Bruni get it wrong. It was well good. It? <laughs> it's like, you are harsh. No, you are being so harsh It's today. so rare. 
<laughs> like, I just thought, well, Bruni's going to just ruin the whole day, isn't he? Because he's coming down last. He'll win. He always does. He'll look really slow and hunched over his stem. And uh, he's always, he can do it when he needs to. But no, he didn't do it, did he? He messed up a couple of corners. And then, so, um, Jordan. Good. Just for the listeners who won't be familiar with that name. On the old bike! What was so special about the fact that he won? I don't think he's the first to do it. Well, he isn't the first to do it, but it was his first race as an elite growing up. He was, uh, he was in juniors up until now. Uh, so it's his first time of having a go at winning, or not having a go at winning, first go at racing an elite World Cup. And he won it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, the, spe- that's the, 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 the amazing feat here, is the fact that yeah. this was his first elite proper grown-up race. And he won it. Up race. <laughs> yeah. How much did he win it by? He won it by. Let's have a look. Can't remember. But yeah, that was. Uh, I've watched it a lot actually. Uh, not about half a second, which is quite fast, isn't it? In in the, at the sharp end. I find that absolutely amazing. Really, when you think about all the variables involved. I mean, this is a general point. When you think about all the variables involved in racing, from the bikes to the amount of air you've got, the shock setup, and the course itself, the variability of a course. That they ride for what was the, you know two three minutes and then the winners are separated by fractions of a second. I I think that's that just speaks to the fact that those riders are really are elite and uh, good at what they do. They're a different yeah. class. But yeah, the the I mean across the whole board actually. I was, you know from from the women's race to the men's that the margins were were tiny. I, yeah. I always find that remarkable. But, yeah, so he won by about half a second, which is actually quite a massive margin when you look down the list and see the differences between the other riders. There's, like, hundreds of a second between some of them. So it's... Um, it's I think it, on the, the podium separated by a second. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Really. But, yeah, but Jordan, Jordan Williams' run was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. What was the, was the bike he was riding? It was this, it's, it's, it's team the, specialized. It's the available current specialized demo, and these uh, teammates Loic and um, uh, Finn were on the one that's got things hidden. Mm, but yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't I a straight up e-bikes. demo. It <laughs> no, was, it was like a longer some sort front, of custom it, geometry. It? Yeah, yeah. There were idea. a few. Cu- there were a few custom bikes. I noticed in mm. terms of the fact that you know these were bikes that are not available. Which is, well, I, I don't know quite... what tyres he was on as well, but that's his first year on that bike. So it's been a, there's been a bike change in the mid-season as well. He used to be on Saracen, so he's not even been on a Specialised that long. I don't know whether he was racing Specialised rubber or not, because sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. I'd be interested to go and some pictures about that. But if to do it on new bike and new tyres... It's so like predictable, Ben, that kind you of would work. bring up tyres. <laughs> well, yeah, the thing I was going to say about Rachel's result is it's, so, it's another... Continental, they're loving it, aren't they? Like because they were from nowhere, and last year everyone swapped to there. Loads more teams on Continental this year, uh, and they're doing quite well. And I think um, I don't know—is it the first win for an Atherton bike? It feels like it's not, but I can't remember why it wouldn't be. Um, did Cole? I don't know. Uh, Cole by the podium. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first. Well, win. Cole had an incredible race. Yeah. Right? You can talk about Williams, but Cole was probably less likely going into yeah. the whole thing to win it and he has been on the verge for quite a while very nice to yeah. see him up there at the top and the atherton bikes had a great weekend really which was the um the bike that has there was a custom like cnc'd lugs saracen 
Was it a piv- no. yeah, pivot? No, it was a pivot. Well, pivot yeah. It's not going to be made. For That's public, what but... I was yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Two chains. And, yeah. It's quite in quite unusual, isn't it? And in, in, well, certainly in cycling, because I think the UCI rules on non-mountain biking are that uh, the bikes that are actually, for example, the bikes racing the Tour de France actually have to be available to the public. That's part mm. of the uh, the rules, but uh, doesn't carry over into mountain biking. They can be completely unobtainable uh, yeah. bikes in mountain biking. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And who was on the steel bike? Yeah, there was, was a, a gal on the steel. Um, uh, what's the name of it? High pivot. Is it beginning with a B? Steel is real. Yeah. And then, um, and then not about the bike, but uh, the junior men was won by Chris Chris Hauser, Christian Hauser. Christian yeah. Hauser. Oh, but and that was really nice to see because that's the union team, which yeah. is a community interest company thing. Steel Good. City Media, isn't it? Yeah, like and specifically there to do youth development. Um, yeah. He won yeah. by a big margin as well, all things considered. I'm just checking here, it's like uh, over nearly two seconds, which is uh, remarkable. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at the margins actually between them. I mean, the, the, remarkably, as we were saying before, the actual the top three women, the margin between Rachel, Camille, and Nina was uh, less than a second, and that is that's I think that's been that's fairly unheard of. Yeah, in the women's racing, which is remarkable. So, anyway, looking ahead, we, we you know overall, what do we actually the commentary? What did we think of the commentary? It wasn't Warner, was it? Yeah. Mm. But uh, what do we reckon? It was Cedric and Rick, wasn't it? It's fine. It's fine. It's good. I mean, uh, don't know what I'm. Allowed. What were you expecting? I wasn't whether I'm allowed to say this, but um, I don't know. Rob Warner's a bit one note, isn't he? So I know he's excited and stuff, but <clears throat> there's a point where. You're excited for the someone who's going to come twelfth, but it just, it just, you got to ride a wave and pitch it. And it was just a bit um, too much. It'd been interesting to know um, the word, not the worst one. The most, the, the person I missed most was Elliot Jackson, actually. Um, I thought he was the best uh, co-commentator in the Red Bull final flings last year and the year before. Yeah, he has um, good race tactics insight i yeah. think like he he he's good at telling you what the racers are likely to be thinking which from my perspective because i have no idea yeah. um i think that's quite useful and interesting i think uh, uh i don't know i think it'll take time to become um, i mean rick's been doing some kind of voiceover and some kind of commentary for quite a while so that was all right um and i think cedric was a lot better than i, than I thought he would be and i think He'll get quite good, I think, Cedric, because I think a lot of people, I think he plays up to the wacky Frenchman thing and has done traditionally because that's his brand, isn't it? But I think when when he stopped doing that, I was actually realising he was getting engrossed in talking about it. It was uh, quite, it was all right, I thought. It was, it was... Uh, so, um, you know, give him a score out of 10 for that first for that first race? What do you reckon, Benji? It's all right. I... So I tell you what, there's no dead time. You t- talk no. for f- talk for six hours, whatever the sod it was, for including training. It's ridiculous, isn't it? So that's crazy, for the, yeah. The the sheer keeping goingness. Uh, to blow our own right. trumpet, though, I think if you want to know about commentary and how difficult it is and what's involved, you can't do be- You can't do worse than actually read our Rob Warner yeah. article in this latest issue. Uh, that opened a lot of our, uh, you know. It opened my eyes a lot to how difficult it actually must be to be a commentator. Mm. Uh, but uh, there are some really good insights in that. So, 
Listeners, I, I, make I sure say... you go and get our latest issue of Single Track Magazine, issue 149, on sale now. <laughs> or join up online and digitally and Forget you can read it online because it's on, it's on the web now Today. as well. Yeah, um, I, I would say that I thought the commentary team have yet to become a team. It felt like you were listening to two different streams of commentary. So one of them would be telling you something that was clearly like notes about history and facts and whatever. And then the other one would be like, oh, and they're at two seconds down. And then uh, and then the other one would continue telling you that piece of history. Um, and then the other one would just come in with something random. And it they weren't listening to one another and like building on each other's commentary in a way. And, and I found that a bit difficult because sometimes the history thing was interesting and then you wanted to follow that, but it was quite complicated to follow it when it was being interrupted by some sort of you know, live race action cliche or something. Um, and then other times the history thing was really boring and annoying. Like, there was one who is Aaron Gwynn's teammate that rode, because Aaron Gwynn didn't ride, Dakota. did he? Because he was crashed. Seth Sherlock and Dakota Norton. Norton. Dakota Norton. So half of Dakota Norton's run was spent talking about Aaron Gwynn and how much we missed him and we hoped he was better and I felt that was a bit insulting to go to Norton. He's the one that's out there at the moment putting his limbs on the line. Um, yeah, I don't really want to hear about other people that aren't there in the middle of a race run. So, so, as, so as I would say straight out of the, the gate, straight out of the gate, uh, this was a great effort that Claudio and... Um, uh, what's his Cedric. name? No, Claudio and um, Rick. No, the other commentator for Jack, uh, Elliot Jackson, both took a whole season to come around to the level that Cedric was at yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I noticed during the course of the broadcast, it started with two of them talking in their own channels. But by the end, they had merged quite a bit more. And I think that bodes well to feature coverage. And I would give them an A for effort, but like a B minus for mm. actual performance. So it gives them a lot of room to improve, which I'm sure will happen. It's yeah. very early. And Cedric is not in his yeah. first language either. To be sharp enough to be doing commentary. Where's Claudio? Uh, yeah, no. But yeah, so the, I mean, how many of us could commentate in another language, to be fair? Or indeed in our own language. And there's so. there's an argument that Ellie Jackson's code shifting the whole time, too. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> right, finally, um, before we wrap this up, uh, technically, how did you watch it? I watched it because I discovered through, I think, Benji's research, actually, that being a BT internet customer that I could sort of okay. log on to something that would activate another thing that would make my Apple lot, TV show it. And it did. Yeah. And suddenly I've now got Discovery Plus on What's my Apple TV. That? I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. A lot of people were like sending me, sliding into my DMs about how to get around it. And that was uh, our old mate, Mike Rose, who does stuff for intense PR and stuff. He said, I've, I've realised you can do this. It's all right. Don't don't put my name on it in case they get upset. <laughs> um, I watched it. I tried to install it onto my smart TV and then realised I don't have a GCN app that I could find, which I thought, oh, maybe it's my telly that couldn't find it. Um, and then I just watched it on, I had it on, on the laptop. Uh, so you've got a GCN way. Plus subscription for it? 
Yeah, so and the other thing we probably haven't talked about is I'm not talking about it like a paying customer either. So I don't know how I feel about it if I've paid yeah. seven How did quid. you watch it, Hannah? I also got the Media Squid uh, GCN uh, subscription and I watched some of it on my phone on their app, um, which I did not figure out how to have the app this like the the viewing running while doing other things on the phone okay. like you know if you're on the netflix app you can watch netflix while also checking instagram while also reading your email and that kind of thing and you've got the 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 image is there as well i could only get it to have the sound in the background so that was a little bit clunky um and i like that functionality but yeah that seemed to work okay i also watched it on my laptop plugged into my tv because my tv is not smart um and that was all right although it did glitch a few times um and then we watched it just on a laptop and we watched it on the internet on an ipad in bed on a sunday morning which was just about the greatest way to start a sunday excellent so <laughs> to round up then i want to go let's go around uh, i want to get like a score out of 10 from everybody but two scores one for the racing and two for the coverage. So, Hannah, out of 10 oh. for the racing, what would you give it? Oh, I'm going to give it a nine, just because there's got to be somewhere left to go. But that was, it was pretty damn good. And yeah. the coverage? Uh, ooh, maybe like a seven and a half. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Cool. There did seem to be a lot of good camera angles. I thought there seemed to be more cameras on mm. the track. There was no blank um, spots, was there? I noticed that with the Red Bull in the past, there'd be like some part of the mountains that you, you didn't see. Well, there um, were the odd bit, because who was it that crashed like almost immediately out the gate? And yeah, that was like cold. the one time they didn't show that section. <laughs> I put that down to the fact that there's kind of a, an overlap between the... When you're doing it live, you know, it takes a three-minute a three minute run, but they're setting mm. off riders maybe every two minutes. And so there's obviously going to be a part that you don't see. Which is why I think they lengthen the start gaps when you get to like the top three or the top five. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, but cool. Anyway, Kevin, what do you reckon? Out of 10 for the racing? Out of 10 for the racing, I would say an eight. I didn't think that the course was particularly interesting or in a condition that made it very challenging. It was a fun course. And it had some bike parky stuff, which I certainly would have enjoyed riding. But the rock section was pretty short and uh, the speeds were very high. So that suggests to me not a real tough course. Uh, and the coverage? The results the coverage. were good. Results, yep. I, like, I, I liked how the results worked out. Coverage, I would give it probably a six and a half or seven and a half. I don't, or seven. I don't think that they were using as high a quality cameras. The single drone that they did use was good, uh, not great. They didn't have the same complex analysis with splits and such as we saw with the world champs at the end of the year last year. They had really stepped it up with Red Bull. I think that the, and the announcing wasn't on par with where Red Bull had left it, but there's a lot of room for improvement there too. Very impressive for a first effort though. Cool. Benji, out of 10 for the racing. Uh, 9.1. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the coverage? Um, depends what, we, what metric we're using. Are we using Red Bull as 10? Because they weren't amazing, were they really? There was always like something going wrong or just something rubbish about every round. 
So, as it, compared to, like, I don't know, someone who does stuff properly, BBC or something, I don't know. I don't know, seven? Cool, right. I, I reckon the racing, I, I, I simply would give it a nine. I thought it was really, really exciting. Coverage-wise, I'd give it maybe, I'm thinking, seven. Uh, but I, I think everything, I think we'd probably all agree that all the scores on the coverage are going to be trending upwards from here. I really missed the Red Bull ghost riding things like you alluded to there, Kevin. So when you could see that uh, on certain sections you had the, the fastest rider and where they were on this these dots and you could see whether there was catching up or slowing down. Maybe they'll bring that in. I don't know. Yeah. And also, I don't, it, the drone pilot nearly took out a couple of riders. <laughs> so I think they need to work on the drone footage. There's a couple of times where the drone overtook the riders. And uh, that was, yeah. I was thinking, oh, no. Must, that would be really off-putting. It must yeah. be. I reckon some of those riders could see that drone in their field of view, which I don't think would have helped them at all. Anyway, so there we go. Those are our scores there. I think we're all kind of in agreement, aren't we? So uh, shall, shall, we, shall we wind it up? and? Uh... Yeah, let you go and edit it. Make sense of that. Um, right, yeah. Let's rush and, this out. Let's well, uh... have some wild predictions about Leah Gang. Oh, well, I reckon Rachel week. will be there. I reckon my right. prediction is Rachel will be there. Yep. Uh, as to, and, and I think she'll probably win. I, I, I have to say, I have ridden the Leah Gang course. I just oh, dropped you? that in. Yeah, very carefully. Oh, I can never remember them. <laughs> The Leogang course for me is notable. It gets it starts in the trees. It start and then it gets steeper and steeper and steeper as you go down. And the steepest part is just before the finish. And uh, so it's not one of these courses that sort of winds itself out into a nice pedally bit at the bottom. It just goes ridiculously steep at the bottom. So totally different course to what we've just seen. So it'll be interesting. Mm, Right. I don't have any wild predictions for it. Watch out for Goldstone. That's your prediction, is it, Kevin? Cool. I gotta go for uh, um, uh, uh, Hoffman and uh, Vergier. There we go. Those are our predictions, folks. And I think we should wrap it up there so I can get this thing edited and out. It's now eleven fifty-three. Let's see how long it takes me to put this out. (laughs) Okay. And thanks to all the listeners for bearing with our slightly shonkier than usual, even shonkier than usual version. Bye. Bye. Later. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns